Welcome back to the first episode of 2022 from your best friends here, your best WNBA pals, Kyle Haywood here. Jason Snow is joining me tonight. Jason, how's it going? I am doing wonderfully. It's a new year. Uh, my back is start- finally starting to feel better. I don't think I shared this over Twitch per se, uh, but I-, I slipped a disc in my back about three weeks ago and it's just been killing me ever since. But I went, I did my first full workout today since that happened and that feels really good. So like I'm feeling really good because I actually exercised because when you don't exercise for three weeks, you're like, you just start feeling kind of, I mean, I am fat, but you start feeling fat, which is, which is very different (laughs) than just being fat. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I'm feeling good. I got my first good workout in today and my back seems to be holding up. All right. Which I I'm excited about. Nice. Very cool, dude. Glad to hear that. I know that you were in a little bit of pain with that before, so I'm glad to hear that it's working its way through. Well, um, we usually do this episode with all four of our hosts tonight. Unfortunately, unforeseen circumstances have pulled both Steve and Logan away from us, but we do have their actual, um, their, um, we, we all were assigned a New Year's resolution for three teams. So the four of us, we split up the 12 teams in the WNBA and we, so each got three teams. Steve and Logan have their, uh, responses recorded. We will be inserting those here, um, so that you can listen to those and hear them as we, uh, as we do, uh, on the show. And, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. So it may sound like we're kind of like cutting and, and pasting a little bit. And that is true, but it's, uh, it is what it is. And I think it's still going to work out just fine. I think y'all should enjoy this episode quite a bit. But before we hop right into it, just want to remind each of you, um, to go ahead and give us a five star rating. If you happen to be listening to this via Apple podcasts, those five star ratings really do help us out. And in all honesty, we've seen, uh, our, our show really boost up the ratings. We are a top 100 basketball podcast. Um, when you search WNBA, we're the number one podcast that hops on there. Um, we also have recently been notified that we are in the top 1% of all podcasts that exist, which is a huge, huge accomplishment. And it's not necessarily what we do. It's because of each and every one of you that is listening. So Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure that you, uh, that you hit that five star rating. That really does help. Uh, and let's just spread the news. Get as many people familiar with the WNBA as absolutely possible. Um, if you, uh, if you want to come check us out on Twitch, super easy. Twitch.tv slash WNBA nation. It's a ton of fun. We have a, we have a blast over here and we get to interact both before and after we're done recording with our, our Twitch fam on here. So, um, if you're, if you're interested, come hang out. It's a blast. We'll be recording regular episodes and regular streams every Monday night and Wednesday night moving forward. So we've got an actual schedule now ready to go. So you'll be having regular content from all four of us moving forward. We're excited about that. 
the best way to get a hold of us is by finding us on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. Hit us up with a DM there or tweet to us. We'd be happy to, to hear all things that you've got to say about the show and about the league. We'd love to just discuss things on there. So make sure you're hitting us up there. Jason, did I miss anything important? All right, I'll throw in a couple other plugs. Uh, if you want some merch, head over to Store Envy. That's WNBNation.StoreEnvy.com. You can get some T-shirts and sweatshirts and socks and mugs and other things of various assortments there. And uh, last but not least, we are trying to up our YouTube game. Uh, essentially, what that means is that we're going to do be, be doing clips of episodes. So they're not going to be full episodes. It's going to be like just a single segment that we talk about. You know, we talk about a topic and we'll cut that in. Uh, so if you want to to have that show up in your YouTube feed, uh, a little bit more positive women's basketball content there. Uh, search for WNBA Nation on YouTube and you'll you'll be able to find us there. Give us a subscribe and uh, check out what we're doing there. Uh, we're kind of new to the YouTube game. We haven't really done much there. So uh, we're going to kind of figure that out and try to get better at that as time goes on. Absolutely. Jason, thanks for those plugs. Uh, but without further ado, we need to hop into our New Year's resolutions. Now, if you're listening and my microphone's my microphone sounds a little different. That's because, uh, yeah, my, my podcasting microphone, um, broke. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. it was, isn't working anymore. Um, and so I'm recording this with uh, like a, like a computer headset. So hopefully the audio comes through pretty clear and it's not too disturbing, but, uh, yeah, hopefully, um, Hopefully this will, this will work. I may have to be purchasing a new microphone here in the, in the next couple of days. So be patient with us a little bit. It, uh, you know, sicknesses and, and my uh, audio issues aside, we've got some fun content for you today. Jason, today's episode is my favorite. Yes. I, I can't, I don't know if I can say it's my favorite. It's, it's one of my favorites that we ever do. We've been doing this ever since the show started five years ago. Um, it's 2022. We started the show in 2017. It's crazy. Um, but we've been doing this, ep- this episode every single year, all the way leading back to our first, uh, New Year's, uh, that we had the show. And that is, we make a New Year's resolution for each of the teams in the WNBA. All right. Um, with that being said, Jason, we've got you going first. Um, and we're going to actually, so this is not going to be an order. We usually do these in alphabetical order, but we, we just wanted to randomize it a little bit. And so we're not, we usually start with like Atlanta, then go to like Connecticut and then Chicago and then Dallas. But we, we don't have this in alphabetical order. We're just kind of randomly going to go through each of the hosts really quick. Jason, you've got Connecticut. Go ahead and talk to us. What is your New Year's resolution for the Connecticut Sun? So for me, the story of Connecticut has been the same for the last few years, and that is that Connecticut is great, but they don't cross the finish line. And so I was trying to think about what Connecticut needs to do. And every year it's felt like just keep doing what you're doing. Like you're so close. You're almost there. I'm going to change that. My resolution for them this year, and it's not specific. It can be kind of a, a pick your own adventure story for them, but they need to take a big risk. Let go of a big name that you've got to get somebody new uh, fight for, for an early first round draft pick and try to develop a rookie. Do something to switch things up because the formula they've got gets them 95% of the way there year after year after year. So I think it's time for them to take a risk and not do the same thing they've done the last few years. So, um, it could be in play calling. It could be in rookie acquisition. It could be in free agency. 
somewhere along the lines, Connecticut's got to take a big risk and uh, and roll the dice a little bit because um, it could fall short and maybe they only get 80% away to the finals or it could be that last 5% that they need to make it the rest of the way there. So my New Year's resolution for Connecticut is to take a big risk in the offseason. Uh, or not just in the offseason. Just take a big risk this year. Something that could give you the chance to to push you over the edge. You know, kind of like a Chicago picking up a Candace Parker type of a move. I like that. That's really solid. Um, I think that's a really good take. Um, Connecticut has been playing it safe. And honestly, it's got them a lot of success. Yeah. But if you look at some of the teams that win the titles, it's big moves. You mm-hmm. know, it's big moves that they've made that's uh, brought home a title. And uh, I like that. I, I like taking a little bit of a risk for the Connecticut Sun. I think it could do wonders for that organization. Um, next up, uh, Steve is going to hit us up with his take on what the Chicago Sky's New Year's resolution absolutely needs to be. Steve, take it away. What's up, WMA Nation? This is Steve here on a very fitting orange beanbag chair. Very sorry I couldn't be here tonight. I'm on location on the set of a new, of a new upcoming movie. First things first, I just want to thank Nickelodeon and everyone who voted for me for uh, this Kids' Choice Award. It's an honor to be the Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice winner for Podcaster of the Year. It is a blimp. It's, it's not just an orange shoe. So thank you for that. It's a huge honor. Hope, hope you have a good rest of the night on the show. Secondly, let's get to these resolutions. Uh, for first and foremost, let's talk Chicago. Baseline resolution for the sky is simple. Run it back. It's been exactly 20 years since we have had a back to back champion, the LA Sparks 2001, 2002. It's been 20 years since we've seen that happen. Two full decades. Chicago has all the tools to make it happen. Keep in mind, this was a team that ran their way to a championship, scarcely ever playing together as a roster. They were pretty injury-ridden. They had a lot of bumps in the road because of that. They can stay healthy. They've got it. So this resolution comes with two subsets. One being, well, not subsets, two calm sub-resolutions. One being, we're hitting free agency. Things get nutty. Don't get too cute. Like I said, run it back. You can upgrade this roster simply by getting all of these players to play together more. Sign as many of these people uh, people from the 2021 roster as you can. Don't overthink too much. Make that happen. Secondly, and maybe this goes directly against what I just said, just for the hell of it, go get Tina Charles. I have a feeling you've got some leverage there. We're not exactly sure what... The durability is going to be with Candace Parker, how often you're going to be able to see her on the court. It's really going to help with balancing minutes and balancing force with someone like Tina there in tow. Steph has shown that she plays especially well being almost a, at a stretch for type of position after what we've seen in 3x3 and her playoff performance. I think Charles camping and manning that five spot off the bench would be a huge get for this team and pretty much everything else can be situation normal. And you pretty much have a team ready to repeat as champions potentially for the first time in 20 years. So that's your resolution for the Chicago sky. Uh, and yeah, thanks again, Nickelodeon and back to you guys out in Los Angeles. All right. So there you have Steve's, uh, resolution for the Chicago Sky. Jason? I, I like it. The thought of Tina Charles coming off the bench is a frightening one. Uh, if you're anybody besides the Chicago Sky. Uh, if, if they could make that happen, uh, I think that greatly enchance, increases their chance of running it back. But yeah, I mean, when you've just won it all, what really other goal do you have besides to do it again? I mean, 
winning feels good. And, uh, when, when you get that taste, you don't let go of it easy. So, uh, I completely, I, I think that is a good goal for them. And that's probably the goal they have in their locker room is to run it back. Absolutely. Um, I think that one of the bigger, um, I, I, I like this call about Tina Charles. Yeah. I think that, uh, if they could make it work free agency wise, if they can make it work, uh, salary cap wise, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what they're able to do. I know that they've, uh, recently, uh, you know, looked at, uh, decisions with Diamond to Shields and Lexi Brown. Um, so that, that'll be kind of interesting to see what happens there. But, um, overall, I think that, yeah, running it back, like, what else do you do? I think that's what, um, I think that's what Logan said about the, uh, um, about the Washington Mystics after they won it. Um, I'm pretty sure that that's just immediately what he said. He's like, you, you, you don't have a resolution. You win, you go win yeah. again, you know, kind of that, that was kind of his take with that. So, um, I like that. Um, let's kick it over. Speaking of Logan, let's kick it over to Logan for his take with the Phoenix Mercury. All right. WNBA nation. Next up, we've got resolutions for the Phoenix Mercury. And you know what? I'm going to go a little different direction in this one, but. I think their resolution this year needs to be one of identity. Uh, there's going to be a changing of a guard for this team soon. It's already kind of begun with the departure of Sandy Brondello. Um, that, you know, that, that run to the finals where they came just short against a stacked Chicago team surely was disappointing, but it, it also kind of signified maybe the need for, you can't just run it back with that same team. You know what I'm saying? I think there's a need for a change there and, um, nothing, nothing is seismic. I think you can follow maybe the Minnesota model of, you know, get some, get some young guns in there and kind of figure out who the team's going to be in the future in the next two or three seasons and make another run. Um, I expect this to be a team that at, at the very least is a tough out in the playoffs next year. Um, I don't know if, if I, if I feel comfortable making a championship, the ceiling for them just yet, but they need to define who they are. And for a long time, they've been Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner. And while I fully expect both of those players to be playing in Phoenix uniforms next year, I think they need to figure out much in the same way that Chicago did this year with Kalia Copper. They need to figure out what's next for them. I think it's finally time uh, that they do that after several years of kind of running it back with the same group. Um, I'm excited to see what, what the Mercury are able to roll out for the X factor this season. So figure out your identity, get back into the playoffs, reload and continue to be a scary team to face in a, in a best of five. Solid. Um, I, I agree with him, Jason. I think, um, I, I, although I do think that even post Sandy Brondella and post, um, even, uh, Diana Tarasi, that they aren't completely void of identity. I do think that with Griner there and, um, even players like Skydig, who was there last year, um, I think that they, they still have a, a pretty solid knowledge base of who they are. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe what Logan's saying is who, who is your, Who's your vocal leader, right? Mm-hmm. You've had DT and Sandy Brondello, you know, that those two together for the last eight seasons and, you know, DT for longer than that. Um, is it going to be Griner that steps up and is that vocal leader? Is it Skydig? Is it somebody new that they sign soon? Um, I, and, and so I, th- I like that take a lot. I think that's a really solid call from, uh, from Logan on Phoenix. What are your thoughts? I agree. I think. Phoenix made it pretty clear with their move with Sandy Brondello that they're looking to rebuild. Um, and that, I mean, they said as much in their, their PR statement that they sent out was that they're, they're planning to rebuild and reload. And 
to do that slowly is usually a process that leads to several years of mediocrity. Uh, as you slowly transition from kind of one group of players to the next group of players and from one team identity and coaching style to a new one. Um, so in some ways, I, I, I would even go a little bit more drastic than what Logan said, but just saying find a new identity and, and sell out on that. I mean, if your new identity doesn't include Skydig or doesn't include Griner or doesn't include any number of, of situations, players, styles, anything, uh, make that transition quick because if you can form a new identity quickly, uh, the, the rebound time, uh, I mean, not everyone can be Minnesota that rebounds instantly, but the rebound time is much yeah. shorter than is, than if you try to do this kind of, well, let's meld the styles and let's slowly transition from the old team to the new team. Uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna commit to the rebrand, uh, I say go in a hundred percent and, and make it happen faster and get back, get to where you want to be quicker, uh, rather than having several seasons of transition that, you know, where you, where you end up in kind of that, low playoff seed uh, first out type of range. Uh, I, I don't think that's where Phoenix wants to be. So for me, I, I would sell out on the transition and, and maybe even step away from your old identity to get into the new one. I like it. All right, Jason, it's my turn. Yes. I'm going to start things off with a really interesting one. I've got the Atlanta dream for my Whew. first. And, and let me tell you this. I, I wrote down about 17 different New Year's resolutions for the Atlanta dream. Um, there were quite a few that, uh, that I could make now, but here's the thing. You have to trust the new ownership for Atlanta. There has been so much, uh, I don't know if drama is the, the right word, but drama for lack of a better word surrounding this squad for positive and for negative, obviously with, with a lot of the things that went down in 2020, um, a lot of uh, players finding their voice, um, you know, it, with the political arena and everything that went on there in 2020, um, everything happening, um, you know, we had some things go down with Kennedy Carter, with Courtney Williams. Like there was a lot of stuff happening all along with coaches, coaching changes, ownership changes. There was a lot that happened for this team in the last two seasons. It feels like the off court has overtaken the on court um, for them. And um, I think it's uh, for me, that's why I don't want my resolution to be something that's off the basketball court. I want Atlanta to, for all of the things that have gone on for them, like both positive and negative. Let's talk basketball for the dream real quick. Can you please make your free throws? Atlanta. And I know every Atlanta dream fan knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the Atlanta dream had seven losses this season by five points or less. And if they would have improved their free throw percentage by like, I don't know, five to 10%, several of those losses become W's and they have an outside shot of making the playoffs. Okay. They were only four games out of making the playoffs. So let's say that they win four of those seven just by making a couple more free throws. This is a playoff team we're talking about. Free throws absolutely destroyed Atlanta this last season. Um, in fact, let me pull up really quick the advanced stats that I've got here to do, 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 do. Atlanta dream <laughs> shot a, an abysmal 72% Ooh. from the free throw line. 
Okay. For comparison's sake, the, the NBA or the WNBA champion Chicago Sky shot 84.5%, yeah. 12.5% better than the Atlanta Dream. And one team missed the playoffs and one team wins a title. If you make your free throws, it's the difference in games. Atlanta, get some reps, get to the line, make your free throws, please. There's my resolution. I like it. I, I like it a lot. I think that's one of those things that as Atlanta tries to rebuild their culture, like we talked about, they've got new ownership uh, over the last couple of years. They had uh, a lot of political things going on kind of uh, behind the scenes that they, they were really active in. And uh, we obviously support them in that. Uh, but free throws feels like one of those things where you're getting back to the fundamentals of basketball. Uh, like, Hey, let's focus. Let's, let's get good at the things that are easy to get good at. Let's build from there. Um, and it's also a confidence booster. I mean, you go up to the line, you hit two in a row. Uh, that feels good. And it, and it changes the way that, you know, the confidence that you have, the swagger that you have in the game. Uh, so beyond the fact that you're scoring five, six points per game more as you bring that average up, uh, you're also maybe playing better in between there because, you know, you're feeling good about how you're playing. Um, I, I don't know, Kyle, if, if you have that experience, I know you actually played more competitive basketball than I did. Uh, but from my yeah, sports no, experience, when you, when you can do the small things, right, everything else just starts to feel better and you, and you gain that confidence. Honestly, you clank a free throw and it's hard to shake that mentally, yeah. you know, you drain back to back free throws. And honestly, when you find yourself in a shooting slump, getting to the line and making two shots can actually open things up and help you improve in everything from, you know, jumpers to three pointers. Yeah. Um, you know, and Atlanta didn't do fantastic with three point percentage. You know, they were only 0.7% ahead of the last place Washington mystics. So they didn't do great from behind the three point line either, but I think you're right. Getting to the, getting your free throws taken care of are that that's, that's so important. They're 4.6% worse than the 11th place Ooh. LA Sparks. So it's not like, it's not like they're like barely last place. They are last place by a significant amount. Yeah. Um, so they're, yeah, they, they're, they're pretty much 10% worse than the rest of the league in free Ooh. throw percentage. So get better at it, Atlanta. Let's get, let's get back to the basics. And, uh, I'm keep, keep doing what you're doing by all means. Keep doing, you know, keep, keep on this journey of, of who you are, but make your free throws and get some W's yeah. along the way. It'd be better for everybody. So there we have it. Jason, let's kick it back to you. You've got Dallas, which I'm excited. This was randomized, but I'm excited that you've got Dallas because, uh, it's, it's kind of your backyard right here. So Jason, this, uh, for a team that you have been able to pay attention to a lot more this season, I'm curious to see where did you go with your New Year's resolution for the Dallas Wings? Uh, there's there's a lot of things. Uh, the the thing that jumped out and was obvious, and I generally try to shy away from the obvious because I want the show to be interesting to listen to, is just play your rookies, or I guess now your sophomores. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dallas is stacked with sophomores that that have a ton of potential and had zero chance to show it or very little chance to show it. Um, so that was the obvious one, but uh, I kind of went a different direction. When you and I and Steve and Logan got into the league, I would have said, hands down, the best social media accounts in the league were Seattle and Phoenix. Uh, obviously, they were the ones who interacted with us. But when you just watch the league in general, they they went back and forth with each other. They gave each other a hard time. 
And you didn't see that from all of the accounts. And some of the other accounts have been catching up. And one of the accounts that has been catching up fast is Dallas Wings social media accounts. Dallas Wings has been very entertaining. They've put together really cool videos for like announcing their schedules, announcing their draft picks, stuff like that, um, that, that are just really engaging. They throw those up on their Twitter and on their Facebook and stuff. I want them in the office to become the undisputed social media champions of the WNBA. <laughs> so I want them, Sweet. I want them trolling. I want them posting cool videos. I want them like just being like, Hey, Marina, maybe what's your favorite taco? And then just, we find out what Marina, maybe's favorite taco is, but like whatever you can do, become the best at social media, interacting with fans, uh, putting out really engaging content, interesting content, uh, put some emphasis in that because they've made big strides in that regard. And honestly, I think that that, in the modern era of sports is a great way to capture and engage a fan base and honestly to sell tickets because if people are having fun and engaging with you online, they're more likely to know when your games are coming up. They're more likely to buy tickets. Uh, they're more likely to buy merch and gear and stuff. And so um, there's a lot of pros to that. So for Dallas, put some effort into your social media. Not that you haven't been, they have been, but this year become by far and away the best the best, the undisputed champions of social media for the WNBA. I like it, dude. I don't have much to add to that other than, yeah, I think, I think they've had a ton of momentum that direction. If they can make it undisputed that like, Hey, no, this is it. I think it's great. I think social media is such a great way to grow a fan base and grow people's interest in the league. Mm -hmm. So Dallas lead the way. I like it. Let's kick it over to Steve. He's got a take on the New York Liberty. Steve, what is your New Year's resolution for the Libs? Hey, me again. Steve, we've met. All right, let's talk about the New York Liberty. Here's the thing with the Liberty. I personally think they're really one star big away from being a huge contender. They showed their ability to squeak their way into a playoff spot, play competitively, and I think adding to a stout back or front court is what's going to be huge for them. The problem is, I originally would have called out a name like Griner. You now have Sandy Brondello over in New York. I'm not sure where that stands with their relationship, so that seems unlikely. Before Brondello, my definite call was Liz Cambage because I really thought making a deal for that could absolutely happen. And with all of the drama that the Australian national team had with Cambage and Brondello at the helm over there, that seems extremely unlikely. So here's my take. Why not? the New York Liberty, who could use some defensive prowess, go get yourself a former MVP and a multi-time defensive player of the year in Sylvia Fowles, who has had an extremely good tenure in Minnesota, but could be looking for a new venture to cap off a career and bring her to the Liberty. You've now got an absolutely stellar front court to join Natasha Howard. You've got Benajah Laney uh, able to stretch the floor wherever she wants. You have your general in the backcourt in Sabrina Ionescu, of course, and you got a returning age dur. It just feels like you're going to create a very, very deadly roster with that. So that's my call to the New York Liberty, your Fisher resolution. Find Silly Fowles' number, make that call, and make the deal happen. Wow. Well, now that Steve has officially uh, ticked off everybody in Minnesota, I'm afraid to go there for the Final Four, uh, personally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, how, how much, no, that's how much a, does that's Bulletproof a, Vest cost? Uh <laughs> No, here's the thing. I think Steve actually makes a really great point here that New York, who has kind of been mediocre for the last several seasons, um, 
really is in a position where they have some young stars and could hopefully potentially grab one of those, um, you know, seasoned vets and especially a seasoned big that could come in and really make a huge difference for them. So I think he hits the nail on the head, whether that ends up being Sylvia Fowles or not. Um, it re- would remain to be seen, but I do think that that's a great idea yeah. for the, for the New York Liberty. What are your thoughts, Jason? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see because obviously I felt like I knew what this team's direction was, but now they're, it, it sounds like they're bringing in Sandy Brondello and, and there could be some change to that trajectory. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. Steve's dead on with the fact that you need to bring in that seasoned veteran leader to st- stabilize the youth and, and to, to, to bring a championship mentality. Uh, and there's there's a handful of players in the league who have a championship mentality who are able to kind of bring that to the team. Uh, obviously, Sylvia Fowles being one, but there's there's others, and and I think that that's a good idea for New York to be looking in that direction. So I I, I agree with the the premise of this thing. I don't know that that Sill's going to want to make that move, but uh, I, I I feel like I feel like that's the right direction for New York to be looking. I like it. Uh, Jason, let's kick it over to Logan once again for his take on the Indiana fever. I cannot wait. <laughs> uh, I'm nervous to, that we allowed Logan a shot at the, at our, our beloved fever. Yeah. Th- um, but let's, let's go ahead and see what Logan's take is with, uh, with, uh, his resolution for the fever. Hey, WNBA nation. Look, I've got a resolution here for you for the, the Indiana fever, uh, resolution for them this year. Look. Any game worth, uh, worth playing is a game worth winning and they need to get about doing that a little bit more. So I was uh, actually fairly pleased with how they ended last season after an early losing streak. Uh, I know they've, they've got some, uh, some entry level players and then, uh, Kelsey Mitchell is going to be on the roster. It looks like Chantel Lavender, Daniel Robinson, they're, they're going to be on the roster, but they've got some flexibility to make some moves this off season. That's not been their forte. Uh, since we've, since we've started the show, we really haven't seen a lot of activity from the fever front office in the off season. So I think, uh, I think your resolution is to make some moves in the off season with the playoffs in mind. Uh, might seem a little bit wild, but things can change around, uh, in a hurry in the WNBA. I think the playoffs are a goal. Uh, if you're, if you're not entering the 2022 season with a goal to at least make the playoffs, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's, that should be every rebuilding team's goal. That's the first step towards getting to a championship. Um, and I think the fever, as much as we, we sometimes slam on the, this on the show and, and sometimes we're, we're really disappointed in, in what they're doing there. It doesn't take a lot to turn things around and I'm hopeful for them this year. They've got a relatively young roster. They have room to make some acquisitions, get to the playoffs. Then we'll talk. Jason, I like it. Yeah. Um, Logan really. Here's the thing. What Logan says seems so obvious, and yet it seems every obvious to everyone except Indiana. Yeah. Um, I hope Indiana can start to make some of these moves. Um, they have been so quiet in free agency. They're, if, if your biggest signee over the last like three seasons was Danielle Robinson. And listen, Danielle Robinson literally is one of yeah, friend our of the all-time show. favorite players. Show. She's she's like a top three favorite player probably for all four of us, right? I got you but guys her rookie card for Christmas. Move, yeah, yeah, like I literally, yeah, exactly. Um, if that's your biggest move, that's not enough, right? You, she needs help. Kelsey Mitchell needs help. D. Rob needs help. Janta Lavender needs help. Tierra McCowan should be playing more. Get. 
get get some sign get get somebody signed that can come in and insert some some presence there in Indiana. I yeah. think that there's a lot that could could be happening for the Fever if they will just make the effort. Absolutely. I I completely agree and I think this goes to one of my main complaints about the Fever, which is that I don't know that their front office has been committed to that team. And the reason I say that is um, every year for media contacts of the league, they they send out kind of a media guide that has contact people of who we can reach out to if we want to try to set up interviews, stuff like that. And every year up until this last year, it was a Pacers email that we would get. Like it was at Pacers.com, not at, you know, Fever or anything like that. And to me, that just shows that like they were basically just taking somebody on the Pacers staff and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you also do this thing. And they, they treated the, the, the Fever as an afterthought. And I feel like that really showed in the in the absolute lack of offseason moves because there aren't people pushing and trying and making that happen. Um, or at least that was the read that I had on that. Maybe maybe the fever front staff are listening right now. And they're like, we're devoted and hardworking, which maybe you are. Uh, but it just it, that's the way it read to me. And so I like his resolution is make a move with the offseason in mind. Be intentional, like try to put together a roster and a team. Um, and, and really make that concerted effort to, to set the stage for, you know, the first playoff run in honestly a little while for the fever. Like, let's make that happen. Let's at least get them to the show. I like it. Um, let's move on. I've got Minnesota next. Um, I think Minnesota is, is the (laughs) team everybody's forgetting about. Nobody was talking about Minnesota all last season. And and not to toot my own horn here, Jason, but I feel like I was trying to like hype Minnesota up all year long, and nobody was talking about them because everybody was all about oh it's all uh, Connecticut and Las Vegas, and then in the playoffs it was Phoenix and Chicago. People, do you realize how good Minnesota was last season? Nobody is talking about the Lynx. Okay, they finished third overall yeah. and only four games out of first place. All right. They finished third overall. They went nine and one over their last 10 games. This is a solid team. This is a really, really good team. Um, that honestly, like I thought I had them going into the finals when the playoffs started. I thought they were, they were at that caliber. Um, as far as, uh, as far as teams go, I thought they looked super, super solid. Um, so. Some of you guys are going to be think, you know, are going to say, oh, well, you know, Connecticut, Las Vegas, Chicago, um, maybe like a Phoenix or Seattle, like these, these teams that we talk about getting to the finals, like that's who you're going to list first. Can I just say, Minnesota, let's get to the finals. Let's get there. Like you, you probably could have been there last season, but, uh, unfortunately you ran into, uh, <laughs> you ran into, uh, some really good teams. Um, <laughs> you ran into, I, was it Chicago? I think eliminated them. Yeah. yeah. Chicago came through and eliminated them on the way. Um, but Minnesota is a much better team than they're getting credit for right now. And they need to, their resolution is they need to remind everybody exactly who they are and how good they are and make a finals run right now. Yeah. Um, so I want to see the links in the finals. That's my resolution for Minnesota. I like it. I agree. I think, you were just listening off those teams, and I was thinking, where do I place the links there? I think I place them at... I, I want to say I place them at third behind Chicago and maybe Connecticut. Uh, I know Las Vegas fans are going to be mad about that, but I just didn't feel like I got from Las Vegas last year what I would have needed to, to to rank them higher. And 
I mean, yeah, they're they're third or fourth in my mind. So I mean, they're they're a good team, and it's it's not that big of a push for them, especially with the excellent coaching and all the the support that they have to make that jump into the top two spots. I, I think that's very reasonable for them. Yeah, uh, they're they're a really deep team as well. Yeah, I mean, they've got. Collier, Fowles, uh, you know, McBucket, Ariel Powers, Laisha Clarendon, Crystal Dangerfield. Like they have uh, Natalie Achanwa, uh, you know, honestly didn't like get crazy amounts of playing time, but is a really solid player. Like they're just, they really have a lot more weapons than people give them credit for. So I hope that they can make that. Uh, I hope they can make it happen next season and uh, make a run. Go get go go get yourself a shot at the at the title the you know when you were doing that regularly through the mid two thousands yeah or the mid twenty tens I should say um, things things panned out pretty well so there you go there's my Minnesota take Jason let's loop it back to you for your final your final uh, New Year's resolution of the episode you've got the Los Angeles Sparks hit us with it. This one took me a little while. So I I told Kyle, uh, I don't know if it was at the beginning of the Twitch stream or if it was even just before that when him and I had first jumped on the call before we had went live. Uh, this one took me a while. So the other two I came up with uh, fairly quickly. I, I kind of thought about the team maybe five minutes or so brainstorming and, and I kind of felt like I knew what direction I wanted to go with the resolution. This one I sat and thought about. And uh, if you can see behind me, right here it's hard to point because my finger moves the opposite direction of what i think it should in the camera uh that is a lisa leslie signed basketball actually it's the whole la spark signed basketball from 2002 it's the year of the dunk uh their back-to-back championship uh so i've I've got that behind me and i think of la uh growing up in los angeles it's it's viewed as the city of stars i mean you think uh, obviously you've got hollywood but then you've got kobe bryant you've got uh lisa leslie you've got candace parker la has always had a star uh, and nothing against the Gumake sisters or anything like that. I don't feel like LA right now has an up and coming star on their team. And so for me, their resolution is to find whoever they want to rally around as the new star, whether they want to recruit, whether they want to pull away a second or a third year player that they think is going to be the future of their organization. Los Angeles, it's the city of the stars. It needs a star. Uh, and so for me, that's it is figure out who your star is going to be for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine seasons. Uh, bring them in and start fostering them and market the heck out of them. Uh, get, get them, get their names everywhere, their pictures everywhere. Get them a deal with Nike or Adidas or, uh, if, if Steve's dreams come true, Converse, make it happen and, uh, and, and start building a star and create somebody who's going to be the face of your organization. Uh, because I, I think that's what LA needs. LA is, is, kind of quasi rebuilding right now. Um, and, and I feel like they're directionless and I honestly, I feel like they're starless for the first time in a little while. So that's my, that's my thing for them is pick who your next star is going to be and start, start uh, prepping them and, and doing all of the marketing and all the stuff that goes along with, with turning that person into a star. I like that. I think, um, I, I think you're spot on. Cause here's the thing. It was Candace Parker forever. Yeah. And with her leaving, they kind of are without that. And I know NECA, um, you know, NECA is kind of a, one of the major faces of oh, the yeah. league as far as like the, the back end side yeah, the of CBA things with stuff, like yeah. the CBA. Yeah. She's the WNB, WNBPA, yeah. uh, president and has been fantastic in that regard. But as far as marketing the team behind a player, um, you know, 
Cooper is probably their one who they market the most right now, and she's not the best player on the team right now. Yeah. Um, it's kind of tough. Yeah, they don't have like a standout star, which they've honestly literally had every year since the league started yeah. until right now. Um, and so I think, I think that's a, a great resolution for them is get back to finding who is that one a person that you're going to, you know, rally all your marketing behind. I think that LA is a perfect town for that. So great call, Jason. Great well, call. Thank you. All right. We're going to head over to Steve's last resolution. He has the Washington Mystics for his final resolution. Steve, hit us with it. All right. Finally, the Washington Mystics. This was an extremely tough one for some reason because I was trying to think, you know, often when I do these, I try to pick one that's kind of fun. I couldn't really figure one out. So that didn't happen. I tried to do something Converse related with Natasha Cloud, except she did just in June of last year roll out her own custom shoe pro BB pedal to the metal. It's a cool floral print abstract piece. Awesome shoe that didn't quite work out. I wanted to do something with Pax, the Panda, their mascot, but Pax is pretty dope. So we're going to stay nuts and bolts with this one. And it kind of comes in two parts. Washington needs to make sure that they've secured a deal with Alicia Clark. She's not technically listed on the roster as of now, I believe online she's listed as a free agent when, when looking up, make sure that that happens because I think one key piece to making this work first and foremost with Washington, a healthy Washington roster as is will propel this team to the playoffs. If not further, they have the pieces there. They haven't been able to play as a unit since they won the championship in 2019. And they haven't really gotten to see any of Clark and what she can add to the roster. But Secure the rights to Alicia Clark. And to add to that, Alicia Clark, I want to see you make a huge splash in your return to the league and your debut in Washington. Why not get out there and get yourself a DPOY? Alicia Clark for Defensive Player of the Year as the impetus for uh, potentially contender, savvy, healthy Washington Mystics. All the good juju over to them. So that's your Mystics prediction. Let's get Make sure Clark's on the roster. Clark, get out there and be the defensive superstar. We know you can be. Get yourself some hardware. There you have it. All right. Can I just say, I am here for all of the Alicia Clark content. I uh, she, she might be my favorite player in the league um, and has been for the last several seasons. It's hard to say because obviously she didn't play last year, so it was like, uh... Um, but literally I, if, if I was starting a team, Alicia Clark would be my first like fan grab, right? Like she may not be my first pick overall if I'm building the team from like a GM standpoint, but from like a Kyle Haywood personal, like likability standpoint, Alicia Clark might go number one. I love Alicia Clark. So I'm here for all that content. And yes, Steve, let's have her get that defensive player of the year. She's so phenomenally stellar on that end of the court. Um, I'm absolutely blown away that, you know, she's not the, she's not the front runner every season for that. Um, she can guard one through five and does a fantastic job. Absolutely shutting things down. Um, you know, obviously missed last season with injury. I want to see her come back full force and absolutely lock some people down in, uh, in the league this season. So I'm here for all of that. Uh, Jason, what do you think? 
I completely agree with both of you. I, I think that that's a good call out. Um, I would love to see it go that direction with her getting defensive player of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, he alluded to health issues that Washington has been playing with. And I, I'm kind of tired of Washington faithful. And, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but just saying like, Oh, well, when the team's healthy, we're going to be competitive. Um, and, and building yourself around, you know, Clark or, or whoever, uh, is is a great way to to say, hey, look, we're you know, Elena Deladon is awesome, and when she's healthy, she's she's a game changer for us. But let's let's build our team around the people who who maybe are a little bit more sure for this year, and uh, let's let's make the run now. And I, I think that's a good way to do it. Obviously, like you said, you got to get her on contract, uh, get her signed, so that way you're you're not worried about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, if she can pull off deep, defensive player of the year, I'm all for it. I, I would love to watch that. Um, let's kick it over to Logan's last take. He's got the Las Vegas Aces bringing it, uh, bringing it to the close for Logan's resolutions here. Uh, Jason, uh, I'm excited to see what Logan has to say about the, about the Aces. So let's kick it over to him. All right, Vegas. I'll make it short and simple because you already know, uh, New Year's resolutions for the now Becky Hammond led Vegas Aces with Asia Wilson still in the fold is championship or bust. Uh, this, this was Chicago last season. Um, and they got it done. They made the off season moves it took. Uh, they, they rebounded from a really tough stretch at the beginning of the season and they battled their way through a tough playoff slate and they got it done. It's, it's Vegas's turn to get it done. I think, uh, there's obviously some other teams that are going to be contenders this year, but if Asia Wilson wants to continue, continue to step forward kind of as the, the leading lady in the WNBA in this era, um, that's, that's what it's going to take. Uh, Vegas wants a ring. I think they've expressed that in the offseason moves that they've made the last couple years. Um, they, they don't really need to do a ton of tinkering with the roster in order to get it done, but they do need to start performing in the playoffs and peaking at the right time in order to, to do it. So I expect an MVP type season for Major Wilson. And I expect that on this show, if they're performing at anything less than a championship level, we're going to call them out for it because that's the goal in 2022 in Las Vegas. It's to it's to contend for championships. Pretty simple, Jason, but I think he's I think he's pretty spot on there. Yeah. Um a lot of people at the beginning of last season anticipated Las Vegas to be kind of that front runner. Obviously with Angel McCotry going down early with an injury, that kind of uh put a, a little bit of a hinder on things. But even with McCotry going down, you look at that uh Aces roster from top to bottom, that's an extremely talented group um that I thought was probably the the title favorites at least until you know down the stretch of uh the the last bit of the season when Connecticut looked absolutely unbeatable um which you know is ironic neither one of those teams uh even made the finals however i feel like seriously las vegas uh on paper looks like the best team in uh in the wnba so i i like uh, i like logan's take there what are what are your thoughts yeah, I think Vegas can only keep getting the preseason number one ranking from us for so long on name only. And, uh, I, I think, <laughs> I think Logan hit it right on the, the head when he said peaking at the right time because we see these flashes of Vegas as, you know, this great team and then they make it to the playoffs and, and they don't make it near as far as we, we think they would. And obviously Chicago is the inverse of that, the team that peaked at the right time. And I think that. It'll be interesting to see how Becky Hammond's leadership changes this team 
Um, I, I don't want to jump too much onto the, the coach talk because I, I know you and I are probably going to hit that on our Wednesday stream, uh, which if you're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. join us on twitch.tv slash WNBA Nation Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. or 7 p.m. Pacific. There's a, there's my advertisement, but, um, I like it. I, I think that they have the tools there and I think Becky Hammond is basketball savvy enough to put those tools together into a run. Um, I don't know that I think this is their year. I think that they're two years off. Um, that's going to be my prediction. And, and we'll talk a little bit about more of that when it comes to the coaching and, and the direction I think this organization is going to go. But, um, I mean, you've got the players and, you know, why not make the move if you've got the players? And I, I think Becky Hammond knows how to make that happen. And, and I think they've got a decent shot this year if, if they stay healthy, uh, have a good attitude. And if this transition goes well to kind of the, the new coaching style, I, th- I think it'll go really well. Absolutely. Jason, I think that's a, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's a great take with Las Vegas. So let's move on. Our final team of the, uh, of this episode, I will be closing things out with the Seattle storm. My new year's resolution for Seattle is to make the correct hard decision. Ooh, this is tough. And here's the thing. I, that's the resolution because I don't know what that specifically is. <laughs> I don't think I would make the correct hard decision here. Um, and so I'm going to put it on Seattle to do it. All right. <laughs> and honestly, we may not know if they've made that correct hard decision for another year or two. Yeah. Um, they have currently their big three, all three of Jewel Lloyd, Sue Bird, and Bree Stewart, um, on unrestricted free agent status this offseason. Um, and by the time this episode goes out, perhaps some news will have broken on uh, one or all three of those players. Um, but they have to make the correct our decision. Now, that can be keeping one, keeping two, which I think is most likely, or keeping all three of these players. Um, if they keep all three, the reality is, is that they will basically forfeit any ability to keep any other role player um, on the team. You could say goodbye to Katie Lou Samuelson when she's a free agent. Mercedes Russell would be gone. Um, even like Jordan Canada and Meg Begore, Jordan Canada, Canada and Meg Begore uh, would be gone um, because they wouldn't literally would have such a hard time keeping, um, keeping their roster together. Now, if they could convince those three to take pay cuts and sign for less than they would make with another team, by all means, go for it. However, my, I think the most likely scenario is that we see two of these players stay in Seattle with the third one going on somewhere else. Um, I have my ideas and thoughts on who that third, who the third player would be who would go somewhere else, but I'm not going to reveal that at this time. <laughs> um, but I, I, and again, I don't know even if that's the right decision. Um, I'll just say it. I don't know if letting Jewel Lloyd walk is the right decision. It very well could be. Um, LA needs a star. I have a feel. Oh man, <laughs> don't. Oh man, if Jewel Lloyd went in as a one A on a team like LA, that's uh, danger. I might buy l- insane amounts of LA Sparks gear. <laughs> um, but, but um, honestly, like I don't. I, I wish I could say what that correct hard decision is. I would be terrified to make that choice. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to put it on Seattle and we'll make a judgment call. Maybe not even at the end of this year, but maybe at the end of two seasons from now, if they've made the right decision 
um, with their big three all unrestricted free agents this season. So good luck, Seattle. Um, I, I don't have any advice for you. Um, if you want to call and chat about it, we can talk some pros and cons over the phone. I'd be happy to fulfill my role as a uh, assistant general manager. Um, be happy to, to, to help out with that. But, uh, yeah, you got to make the correct hard decision here and, um, emphasis on a very hard and difficult decision. Yeah. So Jason, that's, that's my final resolution for the episode. I like it. Seattle keeps you on retainer for a reason. They'll, they'll call you if they need you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get. They're not paying me. That's, I gotta figure out. Maybe my direct yeah, deposit's you, you, not. You gotta updated? send. A, you gotta send know. a blank check. That's a. It's it's just an HR thing. I gotta figure that uh, out. We gotta figure something out. Yeah, I mean. So obviously, I, I hinted what I think might be the option that ends up happening, and the team that I think might be in a position to pick them up and and take that person uh, with Jewel Lloyd to Los Angeles. I think that that's a very believable scenario for me. But that being said. Sometimes when you have somebody who's a legend, uh, for example, Sue Bird, uh, and that person is, is coming to the, the end of their career. I, I wonder Sue Bird is synonymous with Seattle now. She's part of that organization. And sometimes I wonder, it's like, is she really going to jump somewhere else for, for a one year max contract, uh, just to get that last year in? Or is she okay, you know, stepping back, either retiring or, or taking that pay cut? just for the sake of keeping the team together, playing out her last year or two in Seattle. Uh, and then looking to the future, because for Sue Bird, um, you know, obviously there's there's coaching options there if she wants them. But I also see her and Megan as the future, or not the future, the current voice of women's athletics advocacy, um, but but stepping into that role full time uh, and, and pushing for women's sports and equality in, in women's sports and coverage and pay and all those different things. Um, I see that as as a really solid potential future option for her as she's looking at what she wants to do post uh, post her playing days. And I, I just I mean, I don't see her stepping away from Seattle. Uh, I I don't know that you can let go of Bree Stewart, who is the core of your identity in a lot of ways, offensively and defensively. And so, um, yeah, that that's what makes sense to me. But but I wonder if maybe Sue Bird takes the hit just because. She's from Seattle and that and that's where she wants to be from when she retires. I think here's my here's my thought. And I don't the reason I, I kept it open like this is because I don't ever want to like assume a player's retiring. Exactly. And enough yeah. people have been doing that for Super for like the last like seven, seven years. years. Yeah. So it's not fair to her to make that assumption. That being said, potentially the best thing that Sue Bird could do for Seattle is to not come back. And that sounds so weird. And Seattle fans are going to all, I can already feel the heat come from Seattle fans. <laughs> Listen, we, I, we love super. I've literally got a signed super Jersey, like within arm's reach of me currently. All right. I love super for the future of Seattle. You might want jewel Lloyd locked up for three years, as opposed to Sue bird coming back for one more. Just talking about future of the franchise. So if Super does retire, that puts Seattle in a much easier position where they could sign both Stewie and Lloyd and have those two moving forward with honestly, they've had Jordan Canada there literally taking all of the, uh, all of the lessons that she can from Sue Bird over the last several seasons. Um, Canada's a fantastic point guard. Yeah. 
um, with a different skill set from Bird, but with a very, you know, very easily could step into that role and, and lead uh, from the, the backcourt. So if, if that's the case, Seattle has a much easier decision to make. All right. And maybe that uh, hard decision isn't for Seattle as much as it would be for Superd. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm sitting with that. Um, that could easily be the case. But if she decides she wants to go run it back for another season, you got to make a tough decision, Seattle. And that could mean Jewel Lloyd potentially uh, adios uh, out of out of Seattle. So, yeah. Jason, that's uh, that's all the resolutions that you and I and Steve and Logan have. Um, I did want to read off a couple. We got a couple of responses to uh, a tweet that we sent out uh, earlier today asking for some fans and what they have as far as New Year's resolutions for their teams. Yeah, I want to read off this. a couple of those. Yeah. yeah, so uh, Justin on Twitter uh, wants to make sure that the New York Liberty re-sign uh, Rebecca Allen. Uh, okay. that's a, that's a, that's a big one for Justin. Michael Burns, good Twitter friend, uh, a friend of the show says, uh, as far as the wings go, play queer way, way, way more. Yeah. All right. If we need more Awok in, in Dallas, uh, and I, I honestly agree. All right. Yeah. If you're not, I mean, if you're not running for a title, develop this young yeah. player and have her be out on the court. So yeah, and, and she's the youngest player in the league by what like three years. Uh, and you you add to that, it's it's a chance to develop. And Dallas, I don't think, is in the running for the championship this year. So develop. I mean, play those sophomores. I alluded to to, her, to it earlier when I was when I was reading off my my resolution for them. But I mean, play them. You get the experience. Get the plays. See who 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 can handle the league and who can't. And and you know, it, it'll make you all the better for next year. Absolutely. Speaking of Dallas, let's keep with Dallas. Sub zero thirty five here on Twitch um, says that the Dallas Wings have to advance to the second round in the playoffs. Yeah. So we've got on the one hand, play your play your young players a little bit more and get that development. On the other hand, advance to the second round of the playoffs to show that you've been making progress. So um, yeah. if they could get both of those done, talk about a solid season. If you can play your younger players and develop them and advance in the playoffs. That's got to be uh, that's got to be just about all you could ask for from Dallas Wings um, yeah. in 2022. Well, and that comes from assuming they still have both these players, but um, Arike and Marina. If you can get them to be consistent, uh, because mm-hmm. you, Mar- I, I mean, it became a, a trope. But if I, I, I think it was, I would say if if Marina can get 15 points, they win the game, and it was almost statistically true the entire season. Um, yeah, and so. If you can get those two players playing consistently, I think that gives you a half decent shot at making the run, and that still leaves a lot of room in your your five players on the court to 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 rotate through your your sophomores, uh, all those players that you've got to develop them. So I think both those things can be done simultaneously, and I think that's how is getting consistency from from your team leaders, and then rotating through those those freshmen and those rookies to or in those sophomores to to make it you know to to figure out what your future is and to get some development going on. Absolutely. A couple more quick ones from Twitter and Twitch. Uh, another one on Twitter at uh, real dynasty says the aces need to shoot more threes. Um, 
I have a sneaking suspicion that with Bill Ambeer no longer the head coach, that will be the case. Yeah. <laughs> I think Becky Hammond's going to let, uh, uh, I think unleash the aces a little bit more. We've seen videos of Asia Wilson developing that three point shot and yeah, she has got a clean shot given the green. She hasn't been given the green light by Bill, but maybe she will under Becky. So I yeah. think, uh, I think that's going to be the case there. Our last, um, friend of the show, uh, resolution that I'll read off tonight comes from our, our friend Mike here on Twitter. He's uh he says as he's a Sparks fan. Um, his resolution is that they want to keep, keep coach Trammell at all costs so that she can replace Fisher in 2023. He's he wants Fisher gone <laughs> after the season and get Trammell, uh, give her, give her the reins. So, um, I think if you asked all four of us on the show, we'd all agree with you. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so, well, I think go. we were all a little bit stumped by that hire. Um, obviously, Steve and I have very um, fond memories of, of Fisher uh, playing um, as as Lakers fans. But um, yeah, I, I think I don't think he's the future of the LA Sparks, and so I think developing that that coaching talent um, and and looking at the future and. I mean, I don't know if I'm the GM that I wait until 2023, but that's just me personally. Um, I, I don't think that I ever saw Fisher as the the long term coach who who takes him to a championship. So, uh, figure out who that is, whether it's uh, Trammell or someone else. But uh, you, you want to get that person in that spot so they can start uh, making things happen. All right, Jason. I think that's all we've got as far as a show for today. Um, Again, a little bit longer of an episode. The, the Our episodes probably won't be going this long on a regular basis <laughs> um, as we do a little bit more just uh, upkeep with news and notes around the league. Uh, but when we have special episodes like this one, they, they do tend to go a little bit long. Um, but we're going to go ahead and wrap things up for tonight. Jason, thanks for hopping on and being on with us. Uh, and thanks to Steve and Logan for, even though it was... Uh, Probably not the uh, not the most um, convenient to get your takes in for the show. We do appreciate them getting those in so that we could uh, get this episode out uh, as early in the year as possible. Make sure you are checking us out Mondays and Wednesday nights, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Check us out on twitch.tv slash WME Nation. And uh, basically our shows will then run generally the next morning or next afternoon um, is generally when those will come out. Uh, you may see a one day delay every once in a while, but primarily they will be coming out on Tuesday and Thursday mornings. Um, so make sure you're watching for those. Make them part of your daily commute or uh, daily listening um, as you as as those come available. So um, thanks everybody for tuning in for listening in. If you, again, if you got an extra five seconds right now, scroll down, hit that five star review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, um, he, head over to YouTube and hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel, and you can watch some of our uh, clips from our Twitch streams there. And uh, hope all of you are enjoying the great beginning to the year 2022. Can't wait. We've got so much, Jason, it was so hard to not talk free agency and coaching on this episode, but I can't wait. Our next episode, you and I are going to dive all into that, uh, all into the off-season moves that are going to be happening here in the WNBA. So um, make sure you're watching for that in a couple days. And uh, I think that's all we've got. For WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Jason Snow. And we got you next time. <laughs>